Hello and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with inspiring hustlers. I'm your happy host, Madeline Carafa, self-proclaimed health enthusiast and full-time hustler. Through storytelling, I combined health, well-being and business with a fresh perspective to share the stories of some of the most influential and inspiring hustlers. Whether you're looking for an engaging and easy to digest pep talk or a boost of healthy enthusiasm to fuel your health and wellness goals, the Healthy Hustlers podcast is your go-to for kicking butt in work and play. Crowned Miss Universe Australia in 2018, Laura Dundervik isn't afraid of hard work. An actress, model and regular TV presenter, Laura studied a Bachelor of Science majoring in psychology. She's a nutrition coach and a certified personal trainer and fitness instructor. But Laura's personal health journey has been one of her hardest tasks so far. Diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome in 2018 when competing for Miss Universe, Laura also has a blood disease which creates an iron overload and heavily impacts her chronic fatigue. However, Laura is dedicated to combating these issues through daily exercise and healthy routines. She openly and honestly shares her health journey with us in today's conversation and hopes to inspire someone else that might be suffering. This episode is proudly brought to you by Goodness Me Box, Australia's leading food sampling box, delivering the best health products to your door each month. Laura, hello and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm super excited to chat to you today and it's nice having you in Melbourne these days. It is, even though the weather's not that great at the moment, but we'll just overlook that. Yes, It's got we great will. food here. So. <laughs> I was going to say, there's plenty of other things that we can focus on. Yeah. But yeah, the weather is horrible. I actually always say, I'm like, every time winter strikes, you're like, why do I live here again? Please remind me. I know, but it was, we did get quite like a long summer. Oh, I know. We've actually been so lucky. Like the bad weather didn't hit till, what, mid-May or But when it or... hit, it hit. Yeah. It was sudden <laughs> and it has stayed. It's like a massive wake-up call yeah. of like, this is what Melbourne's really like. Yeah. <laughs> so I always like starting these conversations by finding out something about the guests that most people might not necessarily know. So what is something funny or quirky or unique that makes you Laura? Oh, where do I start? Um, I can't hold the pen properly. Oh, so in um, primary school, I was going to not get a pen license and I had to use a pen grip and I don't know, I'm quite like stubborn. And I was like, do you know what? My writing looks nice like this, whatever. Anyway, my writing now is horrible and I can't hold a pen properly and it is so noticeable. Like people point it out. Like if I'm on TV and I'm writing, I will get people DMing me on Instagram going, was that a joke? So there's that. That um, is so not what I was <laughs> expecting. That's and awesome. Then the other thing that everyone that is my friend knows about me, but a lot of people probably don't, is that I know every word to every song. I'm like a walking jukebox. Really? Yeah. I enjoy karaoke. I go regularly. Um, my friends call me Danye West because I'm obsessed <laughs> with Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the worst voice, but I just love music. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Where did that obsession come from? Was that a, something in your childhood as My well? dad loves music. He plays the guitar. We grew up, like, 
all the time in my like family household, there is music playing and a big mix. So like what mum likes is really different to what dad likes. Dad likes a big selection of music. And then like we're Croatian. So we listen to Croatian music. And then when I was in high school, I went through like this real weird, like emo punk rock stage. So I do enjoy that sort of music. And then I really just listened to absolutely everything. Probably for the last 10 years, it's been R&B, but yeah. Oh my goodness. I think I'm a rapper. That is seriously so funny. I love both of those. That is awesome. What a great start to the conversation. Now, I would like to take it all the way back and get a bit of a sneak peek into your childhood. So tell us a little bit about what Laura was like growing up and the kind of things you used to do as a family and enjoy. Laura was a tomboy growing up. Um, I had two younger brothers. We lived in Greystains in a cul-de-sac. And then we had three Sri Lankan boys that lived next door. So it was three on three. We would play all kinds of sports. So for Christmas, we'd our parents would sort of tee up and get us the same sort of sporting thing. So we were obsessed with Sandlot Kids. So, you know, we got like a baseball set and the cul-de-sac was like, you know, what we would use for that. Um, we lived across the road from the park and we had a pool. So we used to do like triathlons. One year we got like hockey nets and pucks and then the sticks and then we got rollerblades. So when Mighty Ducks was out, we used to play that. And I think I used to fight really hard to let everyone know that I could play well, even (laughs) though I was a girl. And so I'm still very much like that now. Oh my goodness. I love that. And I love Mighty Ducks. My brother and I were obsessed (laughs) with that growing up. My brother literally would come home every night from school and play it on the, like the video of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We're so obsessed. So I just got a little snapshot of my childhood when you mentioned that. I'm like, I could totally imagine that. Oh, what a fun childhood though. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It was was really good. And we actually run into those boys that we live near quite a lot, which is nice. Um, And then other than that, we spent a lot like a family time at the beach. We didn't have like sort of a lot of money growing up, but we would always, mum and dad would always make time for us to sort of go spend days at the beach. So even now, like my thing to do is go to the beach. It makes me happy. If it's my birthday, someone says, what do you want to do? It's just go to the beach. beach. Oh, that's so nice. I can totally resonate with you there. (laughs) Do you think your childhood helped shape your identity in some way? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of characteristics I had when I was younger that I can see in me now. And, you know, I watch family videos and I'm like, yep, that's a very me thing to say or do. So I don't think that changed very much. I've always like, it's funny because I was really shy as a kid. Um, My mum and I are really, really close. So basically like best friends. And when I was younger, I was sort of quite mature and like, but I was shy and I lived at my mum's leg. So I wouldn't talk to anyone. I wouldn't look at anyone. And then first day of school, she was crying because she was nervous about how I would be. And she walked up to the door and the teacher, Miss Maitland, who I still talk to now, my kindergarten teacher, she said, oh, Mrs. Dundervik, are you okay? I'll take you to get you a coffee. And I turned and I looked at her and I said, no, she's fine. You can go home now, mum. And I walked in the room and next thing I was like the lead of the school play. And I don't know, I must have just decided I'm going to be confident when I go to school and Um, that's the person that I am now. Like I'm, I don't have any problems walking into a room and chatting to everyone and that, but mum just doesn't know where it came from. That is so crazy because that's such a young age for something like that to kind of just like drop off and, you know, to not still be a thing. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what it was that kind of like really knocked it out of you or gave you that little boost of confidence. Yeah. No idea, but whatever it was, (laughs) I think every time my parents, because me and my brothers used to like put on performances and stuff for (laughs) mum and dad, I think they were probably wishing I was still shy when I was there singing and dancing and 
Anna Mai. That is so funny. I feel like lots of parents have had to put up with that one. Oh, like they? Mother's Day. Yeah. Mum, you can listen to me sing. Really? What was I thinking? <laughs> and all the Christmases where you get dressed up and yeah. you're like, oh, we're going to do a play for you. Everyone sit down. And it's like, does anyone really want to watch no. that the Christmas? <laughs> Oh, that's so good. So back in 2008, you were crowned Miss Universe Australia. Can you shed some light on that time in your life and that experience? Um, It was a very intense time in my life. I, at that time, was really, really sick and no one sort of knew why. Um, And then I was modelling, working and also studying at uni. Mm -hmm. So the doctors just kept saying I was burning the candle at both ends. But, you know, at that age, most of my friends were out partying all night and, like, I couldn't. I'd have, like, one glass of alcohol and, you know, have ulcers down my throat the next day and, you know, I was like, something's not right. And then I – my agency at the time said to me, look, we should do Miss Universe. And I hadn't seen a pageant or anything like that before and my mum was actually a model and was asked to do Miss Universe and never did it and regretted it. So she's like, please do it. So this was on the Wednesday that they said it. On the Thursday was the pageant. So this was the Miss New South Wales. So I went to that. I didn't even tell my boyfriend at the time I was doing it because, like, as I said, I'm a little bit of a tomboy at heart and, like, I still get in trouble from my agent from dressing like a boy sometimes, but whatever. And so I didn't even tell my boyfriend at the time. And then I remember, like, today, tonight or someone were there and they were interviewing the girls and I didn't want anyone to see me because I'm like, I'm not going to get through and then I don't want everyone to know that I've tried out and, you know, that's the Virgo in me, the perfectionist. Like, I back then I was like, I can't do it and not win. And so I did that and then I won the Miss New South Wales and then the following Tuesday, so four or five days, was Miss Universe Australia and I won that and I went into complete shock and um, I was like a bit of a geek at school. I love studying Um, and I actually did debating and public speaking. Um, I was a state public speaker. So I won and I just went into autopilot and like did all my media interviews. It was like I'd been trained and then I finished and I went to the hotel room with my parents and my boyfriend at the time and I just bawled my eyes out and I hadn't thought about winning and it was just from that moment like everything changed you know you've got these random people adding you to Facebook and you Mm -hmm. turn on the television and it's on there and I didn't think about that that's what I'd wanted Um, and so like I cried a lot and then I think the next day I got some free clothes and I was like oh this isn't that bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um, I was okay after that but um Three weeks after that was the international pageant, Mm -hmm. which is a whole nother ball game. Like, and I was very not prepared for that. Um, And I was actually studying to get into honours for psychology, which was sort of my goal in life at that point. And I think just having so many commitments on, I got really, really sick and they found out that I had chronic fatigue um, and a genetic disorder. And yeah, so it was stressful. Um, But I took a lot of like uh, Chinese herbs and stuff over with me and um, got through that part of it and then sort of went on my health journey from there. Let's go back to the studying. Mm -hmm. So you were studying your Bachelor of Science at that period. Yeah, in psychology. Did you ever have kind of a moment where you thought, oh my goodness, my modelling is booming, like maybe I shouldn't be doing this? Or were you really fixated on getting both done at the Um, best of your ability? I've got a European dad. (laughs) So when you say you want to be a model, it's like, no, but what do you actually want to do? Um, And so like I kind of, not that I had to study, but it was just, I knew that, you know, that's sort of what, and I really enjoyed psychology. Like even now I do a lot of reading on it. Um, I think it's fascinating and I don't think of psychology, like I think especially when we were younger and growing up, like you went and saw a psychologist if you had a mental disorder and there's sort of a bit of a a stigma around it. Whereas the more that I do reading about psychology and the brain, it's just like the amount 
better that your life can be, the amount more that you can achieve by just using your mind properly is just like, why would you not? And I think like, you know, people say, oh, you know, I go to the gym this many times a week and they commit to it. And, you know, what do we do for our heads? Nothing. Someone passes away in your life or your family, you get sick. That's what stress does to you. It makes you physically ill. So why we can expect that, oh, it's okay, you're sick because you've had a hard few weeks, but your head's not allowed to be affected by that. Your head that regulates and processes all that stuff is just supposed to be okay. And so, yeah, I just, I suppose it was always part of me doing the two. And I liked that balance as well. Yeah, definitely. I love that you touch on that. I think it's so interesting and, you know, there has always kind of been that stigma around, mm. I guess, mental health or mental well-being, whatever we kind of want to call it. But it's definitely the mind is just the most powerful yeah. thing ever yeah. and we just do not give it enough credit. It's really interesting. My husband and I were talking about it last night because we went to our first birthing class for our baby and we're doing a hypnobirthing. So it's very much around, you know, natural birth and how the body is designed to to give birth basically and and making you feel as calm as possible in that situation. And I'm actually quite excited about giving birth, but more because of, I know it's a mind over matter thing. Like the moment that I I let my mind be scared of it, well, of course my whole body is going to react and it is going to become a really horrible experience or, you know, a hundred percent. And I mean, not that giving birth is anything like this, but say with like an audition, you can walk into that and go, oh my God, I'm not going to get this. Your body language, your head, the way everything's working, it's very different to walking in. And I once got told when you've got an audition, you've got a job interview, you've got whatever. When people ask you, like even with your birth, when people say to you, oh, are you nervous about it? You always say, no, I'm really excited. You don't have to believe it, Mm -hmm. but just saying those words produces a different sort of energy to what's saying, oh no, I feel horrible. And the way people react to you, they get excited too. You feed off that. And it makes such a big difference. So it's good you're saying you're excited. Yeah, no, and I 100% agree, agree with that so yeah. much. And I think it's in any aspect of your life, you can absolutely apply it. You yeah. Know, because exactly what you're saying about the audition last night, we got asked in the first session, how are you feeling about birth? Yeah. And obviously it's natural to have nerves and like it's something. And I've everyone tells you their horror stories. Yeah, exactly. and exactly. Yeah. But I was like, there is no way I'm going to sit in this room and say that I'm scared. I literally said, I'm actually really excited about it. And yeah. of course there's parts of me that's anxious but the moment that I let myself start thinking that yeah. is when it's all going to get worse so oh, 100% I, yeah and I think exactly like you can apply it to an audition or in your work life it's like job interview exactly yeah. you need to just have that positive mindset and be telling us reinforcing those positive behaviors and thought patterns yeah. into your mind well I take it back to when I was in high school I'm a very high achiever mm-hmm. and I'm a perfectionist and like you know I used to think that the stress that I put myself under was why I did so well and so I would have an exam and like you know this is not my HSC which is what we call it in Sydney but I think it's called something else now because uh, I'm old DCE it's called here I think that's Melbourne yeah, yeah that's same Melbourne. thing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's you get an ATAR now I don't yeah. know if it's still your HSC anyway I, not even that, like maybe year 11 exams, whatever, I literally would be crying to the point where I felt sick to my mum and I was like, I'm going to fail. Now I was never going to fail, but I would literally the whole night couldn't sleep. If I had have just been comfortable with the amount of study I did, you know, went into it with a good mindset, I would have got a better mark because I would have had a good night's sleep the night before. My mind would be clear, whereas I used to use that anxiety and think that that is what was making me do really well. Mm -hmm. And really it wasn't. Yeah, no, it's, oh, it's so powerful. And it's 
an amazing topic. I love talking about that stuff because yeah. we just don't put enough emphasis on it and it's, you know, it's no. so important. So I loved that you touched on the mind. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about your health journey though. So yeah. talk me through when you were diagnosed with chronic fatigue. Yep. How old were you at that point? So from the, well, from the age of 16, I'd okay. been sick. Um, yep. They thought I might have Hodgkin's disease. They didn't really know what was going on with me. I was just constantly sick. One of the main things I would get would be ulcers like all down my throat, mm. um, swollen glands, and then I would get some sort of infection which would just travel around my body. You know, I'd have a middle ear infection that would go away and then I'd have a chest infection. It was just constant. Um, and like I literally – so I used to go – my normal day, like this was in high school, was I would study at lunchtime because I would be too tired after school to study. I would then go straight from school to the library. Um, so I'd walk there from school and I would study until my dad came to pick me up at 6.30 and then I would go home, eat my dinner and go to bed. So let's say 7 o'clock, whatever time I could get into bed. And then I would sleep the whole night through. Mum would have trouble getting me up in the morning and that was just constant. And, you know, like people say things like, oh, you know, you, you know, working too hard or, you know, you shouldn't sleep that much. I just didn't know what was wrong with me. And then it was during the Miss Universe time that mum was just like, I've just had enough. Like my throat basically closed over from being so swollen. And yeah, so they basically, the way that they, because a lot of doctors don't like chronic fatigue and the way yeah. that they test for it is by eliminating everything else. Okay. So we did that um, and then found out that I had a genetic disorder as well. So I have a thing called hemochromatosis, which is basically the opposite of anemia. It basically tires you out pretty badly, um, makes you sick, run down as well. I had a lot of iron. Um, and say that's almost too much iron, then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and basically what happens then is that the iron starts storing in your organs because it has nowhere to go and then you can end up with cancers and things like that. So it's really important they, blame, okay. they drain your blood to get it out. Yeah. And it was interesting because we had a history of bowel cancer and liver cancer. Like my grandfather had just passed away and we found out that that was all on that side from this disorder, which if people had have known about could have just been draining their blood. So yes. mum has it, I have it, my dad's a carrier, which is weird because my dad's European and it's not usually in that um, yeah, okay. gene pool, but funnily enough. So I have it. And so, yeah, I have that. And then I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease as well. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. And look, you know, it's frustrating and sometimes it's annoying because I, I'm pretty good now in terms of like health and everything, but I really look after myself and I sort of see it as, I guess, like a blessing in disguise. Like, you know, I used to be, I suppose, a bit of a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and now I've sort of learned like, you know, if I can't, if I'm too tired to go for dinner, I cancel, you know, because it's not worth me missing out on a whole week of work or being sick for three weeks. And, you know, I've had like staph infections, I've had the works and like that's what happens when I get run down. And so routine's been really important for me. So sleep's kind of my number one priority in life. Yeah. And, um, you know, you learn that that there's ways that you can do that. And like sometimes I need an afternoon nap. I don't always anymore, which Mm -hmm. is a big improvement. And, you know, I eat really good, clean food. I still go out and, you know, have nice desserts and stuff like that, but I enjoy them. And I think that's the thing is like rather than having lots of junk and stuff in my cupboard, Mm -hmm. um, those like when I have those meals and stuff, it's when I'm enjoying myself with people and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, it's, so how did you at that age and all of that was happening, how did did you slowly start to find ways to manage it or did you kind of have a bit of a natural instinct of what you needed to do? 
I read my body really well now. So I can tell you when I'm about to get sick, like, you know, just lots of little things. And there's things that I picked up on the way. I talk a lot to people. So you'll meet people that suffer from similar things that'll tell you something they tried. Some work, some don't. I learned like that. Well, basically they say in Chinese medicine that every hour that you go to sleep before midnight is well um, equal to two hours after. And so I try to go to bed by like 10 o'clock and that's a really good time. And my body sort of is naturally in that, whereas a lot of people sort of stay up later and probably are getting the same amount of sleep, but not as much good sleep. I learned that like I love exercise and I feel better when I'm exercising. But if I stop for a period to get back into it is really exhausting. And it's funny because obviously it uses energy, but you know, it also sort of gives you energy. So it's, I really try to keep fitness as something really important to me. Um, And then, yeah, just other things. Like I just, I'm a bit of a Google doctor myself now. And so when something's not right, like it can only be something really small, but I notice it straight away. I'll look into what it could possibly be. And then I go to the doctor um, and I get blood tests. A lot of them, like you can read a lot Mm -hmm. from, that's actually how they picked up my autoimmune disease because I had a blood test and I literally had no vitamin B12, uh, no zinc, no phosphate, like a whole heap of stuff. And they just said, I don't know how you're like working, like what are you eating? And as I said before, I'm European. So I eat the same amount as my partner, if not more. Um, But my body wasn't absorbing it. Then they were like started looking and found out that I had a lot of antibodies and goes from there because basically with an autoimmune, your body's attacking itself. Um, and so, yeah, like, but if I hadn't have had like those blood tests, mm-hmm. then you just wouldn't know. Yeah. Definitely. So I think a blood test is really good. I have to have them every six months sort of minimum just to see mm-hmm. how much iron I have. And so I just say test for everything. Yeah, like I hate needles and I pass out and when they have to change the oh. tube, I just don't enjoy it. Oh but I just figure just get it like yeah. done with, you it's know. It's just so important to know mm. what's happening in our body because yeah. you can just go by so easily without even realizing or yeah. you know and especially if you're not someone that can listen to triggers in your own body which yeah. a lot of people can't no really. you know it definitely yeah. is something that you learn over time when you I guess learn more about your own body and, and what you're fueling it in or in your case where you kind of had to learn more about yeah those triggers if you don't know on a daily day-to-day basis it's just so easy to go about an easy li- a busy lifestyle and things creep up on exactly. you and, and yeah and all of a sudden it's like oh hang on how did I get here so quickly yeah so- and that's why I kind of like as much as it's been difficult I also think to myself like it's a blessing in disguise in a way because I really look after myself like people say your body is a temple and mine is a temple like yeah. I really look after it I really listen to it and I hope that that will look after it, you know. So what does a day, like a normal day for you look like now as in managing that? So what do you need to give yourself to make sure you kind um, of – There's no normal day best. for me. So um, I try like with routine. So I try to get sort of eight to ten hours sleep. So I sort of go to bed by ten. That's my natural body clock. Um, and then like, you know, with work and stuff like that, sometimes I can work it around it, sometimes I can't. But, you know, I just do the best I can. If you love snacking as much as me, then listen up, hustlers, because Goodness Me Box is made for you. Jam-packed with the newest snack bars, refined sugar-free chocolate, granola, and healthy drinks, this monthly box of healthy goodies is designed for time-poor hustlers who don't like their busy lifestyle being a compromise for their health and well-being goals. With a no-diet approach to health, Goodness Me allows you to test the best products on the market, all while snacking your way to good health. They completely have me sold, and I ordered my first box at the start of the year and have not looked back. 
the perfect sample sizes to just throw in your handbag and take to that meeting you're running late for. The team at Goodness Me Box work directly with health professionals to ensure the boxes are of the highest quality health foods that are natural and GMO-free. Goodness Me Box delivers to thousands Australia-wide and has a special first-time offer for all of my Healthy Hustler listeners. You can now receive 15% off your one, two or three-month subscription boxes and you can cancel at any time. All you need to do is use the code HEALTHYHUSTLERS15 at the checkout to receive your discount. It is honestly my favourite delivery every month and I know it will become yours as well. Eating is really important. So when I got really, really sick with the chronic fatigue, like I literally, if I missed a meal, so say like I was modelling and they didn't have lunch on set, I'd be sick by the time I got home. So I've kind of learned that food really is your fuel. Mm-hmm. I pack lunches sometimes when I'm going places. I love cooking, love, love cooking. So I think about things like that. So like I, if I was working the next night, I'll have food ready for the, that night when I get home so yeah, that, awesome. you know, I'm ready to go. And then, as I said, fitness. So I train at Fox Fit in Cremorne and love it there and, you know, I train really hard. I love high intensity training, which apparently is not good for autoimmunes, but whatever, it makes me feel great. Um, but last week I just felt really off. And so we did some lower intensity sort of training. So I do listen to my body like that. I love having like a little bit of like natural sugars during the day. So I'll have like an acai bowl or a smoothie or something like that with whatever I need in it. And then, yeah, the, the main thing for me is just noticing little changes or things like that and working on it. But I'm pretty good now. I used to take um, like Chinese medicine, herbs. I had this tonic that was wonderful. At the moment, I have this spray, which sounds really random, but it's like this essential oils spray. And my partner's mum actually works as a nurse and um, she showed me it and you literally spray an ulcer or your throat and uh-huh. it is gone the next day. So it's like silver, is it? No, it's no. not the colloidal uh, silver. Um, it's called Thieves. Oh, Thieves. Yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I probably shouldn't be talking about it because I don't think you're supposed to use it for medical purposes oh. here, but you can overseas. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, um, I've lo- been loving that. So yeah, just yeah. lots of different little things yeah, that I... just trialling things and seeing what works. Yeah. I think that's a really key thing though to anyone who's wanting to stay on top of their health is being organised. Like I love that you yeah. think about dinner the next night if you're not going to be home or lunch yeah. because staying healthy you do have to value it and it does yeah. it's it takes time like yeah it's not and just know. with like travel and things like that Absolutely. and we've always got visitors here and stuff we do eat out a lot and so the times that we are at home I want to have good food yes. you know Absolutely. so I'm not picky if I'm out with my friends they want burgers and chips whatever I'll have that doesn't bother me I yeah. enjoy it but then I make sure that when I'm at home everything and I cook everything from mm-hmm. scratch like I don't um I make everything I love it yeah. what's your go-to Oh, I don't have, I could literally like in our household, it's like Chinese one night, Italian the next, really? Croatian the night after that, like modern Australian. Oh I do goodness. everything. I like love it. I love cooking, like love cooking. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Yeah. I love cooking, but not to that variety. That's amazing oh. that you do all of the different cuisines. <laughs> yum, yum. Yeah. So you've also done a nutrition coaching certificate and yep. your cert three and four in personal training. Mm-hmm. 
Wowie, you've been a really busy girl. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Told you before, I'm a bit of a geek. Yeah. Um, no, but we were we were living in France for a little bit and um, I just wanted to sort of keep my mind stimulated yeah. and, you know, probably should have learned a bit more French, but, um, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I studied that from online and then had to come back and do a few exams yeah, okay. and stuff like that, but loved it. I mean. I was going to say, what made you kind of go to that and I th- or want to do PT? I think for me, I've always seen fitness and wellness really like I have a very holistic approach to it. So I don't think that, you know, you can have your mind working well, but if your body's not working well and if your body's not working well, your mind isn't like you need to look at everything. And so obviously with psychology, I'd covered that. Yeah. I loved training and had worked with a whole heap of fitness people. A lot of my friends were trainers and just loved it. So to me, it was just another part of that. And then nutrition coaching on top of that was definitely that as well. Well, so no, I loved it. And like, I probably have my mum to thank for all of that because growing up, my mum, like in those days when I was a little kid, women didn't really go to the gym and do weights. You know, you would do like pump or, you know, aerobics. So um, my mum used to lift weights and stuff. And so from the age of like 16, even younger, because I would have been in primary school, I used to get up with mum in the morning and go for runs. So I loved it. And because I used to do like um, state athletics and cross country. And so like it would be my training. And um, we had a really good, I still remember her, Miss Greenwell, our PE teacher. And so like all the kids that got through to the zone, she would train up. So we would get up early in the morning and go and do training and stuff. So I've always loved that. And then from the age of about 16, would go to the gym with mum. And, you know, my dad still runs every day. He does like the city to surf and stuff like that. And mum does. And I see how happy they are and, you know, how fit and everything they are. And I've always sort of wanted that. And mum's always like, you know, at school and everything, I would have like cake and stuff, but it would be homemade cake that mum had made and, you know, things like that. And like, you know, we never had like I suppose they were treats, but they were like healthier versions of treats and stuff. And so I've enjoyed that and i that's how I live now really. I think it's so nice to see the values and things that your parents instill in you and yeah. what carries through because I think, you know, definitely at some stages in your life you can lose that or it drops off a little yeah. bit or it doesn't come important. But, you know, getting back into, your kind of, I think, into your 20s and early 30s, it's it's really nice seeing those beautiful qualities that your parents yeah. have instilled come back in and then be such yeah. an important thing. And well, and I, I think like even like, you know, with us because we would go to the child minding at the gym and I was obsessed with babies. I still am. I love kids. The lady there used to give me a dollar when I left because I would pay to look after the, like Aww. to pay me to look after the kids. But I was a kid myself. But as I said, I was very mature. But I think like... Like that thing of, you know, I don't know, mum must have gone like three, four times a week, but going with mum every week and that being part of our routine. Now, gym just is part of my routine. And so many people say to me, I don't have time and I get it. People have busy schedules, but you never really have time for gym. You have to make it. Absolutely. And I think that's just so beautiful that your mum was such an incredible role model so early on. I think it's, you know, something anyone listening who is a parent or about to become a parent can, you know, you are such a role model and your kids just they're sponges like they, yeah what they see is what they do kind of thing yeah it's a monkey monkey, monkey see, see monkey, monkey do. do yeah and but even so and true. well mums like, and mums and dads thing was that we always had to be enrolled in a sport of some sort yes. and I got in trouble because they reckoned that I was all about the outfits which I probably was because I'd be like I'm dancing and now I'm swimming and now I'm doing this But, you know, it's so funny, those skills that you learn as a kid, Mm -hmm. I'm so happy now because, you know, they'll do things like they'll have like a celebrity soccer game and I've played soccer for a year so I know what I'm doing and, you know, you've got that sort of 
those that skill set. But um, because of that, I've always had to be doing something. Yes, and you've always really appreciated moving your body. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just think it's such an important thing and, you know, movement and nourishing your body. And like you say, focusing on health as a whole circle approach or a holistic approach is just so important. So making sure – all of those different things are in sync is just so, so incredibly important. So important. So what would you say has been one of the greatest lessons that you've kind of learned about your own health through this whole journey? Oh, do I only have to give you one? I can give you a few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one has been to listen to your body. Two would be definitely to not be afraid to step back sometimes and have a break. Someone said to me, actually, I posted yesterday a, a little bit of that on Instagram and someone actually messaged me and said, you need to, something along the lines of you need to turn your light off sometimes if you want to keep your light on. Oh, and it was kind of, it's something, it, when I read it, it was really inspirational so and nice. I've probably made a mess that. of it, but it is true. You can't be a hundred percent all the time. And like, as I said, I am a perfectionist and I've had to learn that sometimes you've got to say no to things to say yes to better mm-hmm. things and whatnot. So I think that's really important. I think being around great people, you know, you asked me about studying PT, like a lot of the, my pretty much majority of my closest friends um, are in that sort of industry. Like um, Beck Wilcox, one of my best friends, she was actually my housemate for a little bit. She lived in my place when we were living in France and um, she runs ultra marathons. So like mm-hmm. 100k marathons and like she's phenomenal but when you live with someone like that you jump up out of bed you know every morning the the base body babes are literally like my sisters we laugh because I'm about four heads taller than them um (laughs) they're smaller than me yeah (laughs) Emily Skye whenever she's in Sydney we train but all of my friends in that fitness sort of industry they motivate you and so like I think really when you're around good people that respect their bodies, Mm -hmm. that love their lives it's infectious you know and I've been around people that you know, want to complain about every part of their life. And I'm all for things not going right and coming up with a solution, but I'm not happy to sit there and just mope about it. You either accept it for what it is and that's what it is, or you make it better. Surrounding yourself with the right people is really important. My mum always says, I'm so bad at sayings, but I know I have. (laughs) Says, um, asleep with dogs, wake up with fleas or something like that but it's the the thing is is you know like you got to surround yourself with people that motivate you and inspire you if you sort of want to go somewhere so that's really important and then I think also just doing things for you whatever that might be for me it's like swimming in the ocean I love it you know if my body's a bit tired going and getting a massage but making you time is so important I love jumping in the ocean like and I know the moment that I need to get in the ocean it's like you just I feel so out of alignment and nothing's in flow and I'm like okay I literally just need to get by the beach if I walk past the water I'm like a different person and you know sometimes I'm at the beach and I'm like oh god I gotta go out tonight and I'm like put your hair in a bun get that hair wet who cares you know (laughs) yeah but I think it's you know finding those things that really bring you joy or make you bring you back to you yeah is so important and being aware of when you need them because there's so many different things that happen in our life or, you know, little triggers that kind of get you off yeah. track or get you out of alignment. So really knowing what brings you back to you is yeah. so important. Well, I, I read something the other week and they were saying majority of the things that we worry about never happen, but most of the things that are like really bad in our lives come out of nowhere. So we spend all this time worrying about things that might happen when the things that are really going to cause hard times yeah. We don't even know about, so let's just leave it. When it happens, we'll deal with it, you know. Yeah. 
So I love that. No, it's so true though because we do, we focus so much energy on things that may not ever happen. Yeah. Like, you know, it just manifests into this bigger thing in your head as well. So Exactly. Now, you have interviewed Chris Hemsworth. Yes. Seriously, is that a career highlight or what? Oh, my goodness. You know <laughs> I what? That, I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I'm a Twihard. Like, I am obsessed with Twilight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, meeting the, the people from Twilight was probably my highlight. Yeah, but, so no, Chris cool. Chris was wonderful. Like, he's such a great Aussie or whatever. And it's, it's so funny when you interview people, they can either – meet your expectations or be and be even better or not and he was wonderful I remember being a little bit nervous but he was great the one of the most famous favorite people that I ever interviewed was um Juliana Rancic and it was like my I would have been so young and it would have been one of my first times and I was um she was coming out uh to Australia and I was sort of uh hosting for her She was just so wonderful and I think she could tell that I was nervous and she was helping me. Like she was doing my job for me. Like, you know, when you're, when someone's interviewing you and they're sort of like, she would sort of give me a good question or (laughs) the answers would, she'd be like, that was a great question, Laura. Wow. She's wonderful. Isn't she like hyping me up? Yeah. And I just thought how wonderful to be that. Yeah. That person. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That's so nice. So um, presenting an MC is a big part of your work. Yeah. Was that something that you kind of always wanted to get in with the modeling or is it kind of been a natural progression? It's funny because I was saying before about studying and you asked me for things. I always think that you can never learn enough. Like you can never learn enough. Everything that I've studied or learned, there's been a point in my life where it's come in and I've gone, God, I'm glad I did that. And I actually, when I first did Miss Universe, I finished uni and I got into honours, which I haven't done yet just because I've been so busy, but I went through this. (laughs) (laughs) I will, but you know, like a thesis to me, I'm just like, oh, and I'm like really indecisive. So having to decide what to do my research on, I've racked my brain and it's just, yeah. (laughs) One of my best friends is doing hers at the moment and I'm just like, wow, that just blows me awake because I was not academic at all. I hated (sighs) studying. Still to this day, the thought of studying is like, oh, to me. Well, I think it's when you like something, it doesn't feel like studying. So I try but so I actually in my time off like I'd had sort of I'd just done Miss Universe and I wasn't at uni and I was like wow like what am I going to learn now and I actually went and did TV presenting Mm -hmm. and um, loved it and then had an audition the next day for the day after it had finished like you want to talk about fate and for dating in the dark and I got through to the first round and then I ended up getting the show so I had my own TV show after that and then yeah just after that like it's the thing that I love most about what I do is that I'm doing something different every day. You know, like I filmed a movie last year of TV shows, like there's something different, modeling, and I like that. I get bored very easily. Yes, so what's kind of been one of the career highlights, I guess, with modeling, presenting? I love travel. So any okay. chances that work's taken me overseas, yes. definitely those because um, I do really like traveling when you set yourself a goal and you achieve it, it's pretty amazing. And so I remember I had uh, my movie literally, I think it was about two months ago it came out and I was sitting in the theatre with my family and my friends for the premiere and I was just like, I don't know, seeing my name in the credits, I was like, wow, like it's something that I've wanted and when that happens it's pretty amazing. That's incredible. And do you have a bit of a strategy when it comes to goal setting or how do you – set your goals? Um, look, everything's in steps. Yeah. And I think you think 
things look unachievable if you just look at that one big goal. And when things look unachievable, it's not motivating. You don't want to work on that. Mm -hmm. So I look at little things that I can be doing to get me to that. And at the end of the day, even if they don't get you there, it gets you somewhere better in life. You'll use it in some way. You know what I mean? Like when I studied TV presenting, I was like, I might never have my own show, but this helps when you go to a job interview. This helps when you go and walk into a room and you Mm -hmm. speak to people and you know, um, so just I think little things and working up is a really big thing. For sure. Um, I often say that to people though as well, even about the jobs that they're in now. Like yeah. you never think that something is a waste of time because you will be so surprised when you move on to your next thing or you launch your next business yeah. or you go through the next job interview, what you've actually learned from being in that job. hundred percent. It's like you can take so yeah. much from every experience. And so I actually waste of time. I'm obsessed with that Brene Brown and there's, she's got a show on Netflix at the moment called yeah. A Call to Courage. And I watched that the other day. Um, and she's really big on, you know, you can't achieve without risk. You can't. And that's the thing with goals is like she talks about the power of vulnerability. And probably one of my favorite words in psychology is just like vulnerability. Like it is so important to be vulnerable and to actually say, I want to achieve this. You know, that that's a hard thing to say. To admit it to yourself even is difficult. But if you don't do that, you'll never know. Yes. And I kind of think, you know what? I would rather have tried and failed and along the way had experiences, met people, whatnot, than to have never tried and to sit there and go, oh, that person's doing that. I probably could have done that. Absolutely. And I think that all goes back to that positive voice, you know, yeah. that positive conversation of like, I want to achieve this or I'm going to achieve yeah. this. Like it's so much better to go and have a red hot crack at it. Like you said, instead of sitting there and wishing one, like looking at someone else doing it one day being like, I could have done that. Yeah. I should have done that. Yeah. And I, I definitely think that that's, you know, something that I think about a lot on a daily basis. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't want to be sitting here wishing I had have done something. I'd rather have a crack. And, and that just- that wasn't the old me. Like I literally, like I said to you before, is that I didn't like I didn't want to enter Miss Universe Australia mm-hmm. in case I didn't win. Yes. Well, to be honest with you, the whole experience, I met amazing people. You know what I mean? We got nice little goodie bags and stuff like that. I got to go down to Melbourne, which was so exciting for me at that yeah. time. And I wouldn't have had any of that experience if I didn't put myself out there. Mm-hmm. And then obviously it paid off. But, you know, other stuff I've done that hasn't, like you just got to look at what you got out of it and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the goal, what you're saying on the goal setting as well, I was reading something, it was maybe a video I was watching, I can't quite remember, but about when we set vision boards and goals and we put these like crazy kind of ambitious things, like say a Ferrari on there, but we're only earning like $45,000 or something. And so it was all about breaking down those goals and making things realistic over time to be able to achieve that. And I thought that was quite interesting because I think sometimes we can set ourselves up for a little bit of failure from the get-go if we're putting these like crazy things out there and not having the building blocks of how you're actually going to get there. Yeah. So, yeah, I liked that you... you Definitely building blocks. and But, you know, that that big goal of a Ferrari, like if you sit there and go, it's too big and don't work towards it, it's exactly. never going to happen. And yes. I think so I, it's working. It's, you know, finding the, the blocks. Listen to this interview that um, Oprah did with Jim Carrey a while ago. Yeah, okay. And he was saying that he had actually written himself a check for some monstrous amount, like, I don't know, however many million. Yeah. And when he got his first film, he got the contract and the exact amount was for that. Oh my goodness. So, you know. That is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I think it's too, it's going back to having faith as well, Mm. isn't it? And really 
truly believing that you can achieve yeah. that. Like his mindset must have obviously been so, you know, it's not like he just wrote that and thought, I'm not going to get there. Yeah. Like he obviously so. But, you know, when he believed. walks into a room to go for an audition, he probably carries that persona of someone that is worth that, that definitely. he's going to bring back that, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's the difference Absolutely. versus walking in and thinking, I'm never going to get this. Yes, definitely. It's so far yeah. removed for me. It's um Conor McGregor. Have you seen his documentary? No. It's, it's pretty intense. Um, yeah, but he very much, his whole mindset through the whole documentary is very much about like, I'm going to be the like greatest. Is he a boxer? I don't even know what his yeah. is. <laughs> I'm so bad um, I've watched it, but yeah, I'm going to be the greatest boxer. And his whole like every single comment he makes, is he's about, a fighter, like, but he boxed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and then he's like, you know, I'm going to have so much money, I don't even know what to do with it. And like, obviously, some of the comments could be taken as quite arrogant, but yeah. it was quite interesting watching it and listening to it and thinking the mindset from the get go that he had. Yeah, from you know he was basically living in nothing like he mm. didn't own a house he didn't have anything he just was so determined yeah. to be so successful and I I took so much from that I just thought you know your your mindset and your energy and your language yeah. just is- just honestly like for everyone at home just try it go to the gym Definitely. when you're on the treadmill when you're whatever rather than telling yourself oh, I'm so tired tell yourself oh my god I'm loving this workout and yeah. I promise you it will be easier Definitely. and you will run faster than before you yeah. will it sounds stupid but you know no absolutely I actually did try I always hated running and not long before I was pregnant I went on the treadmill and I tried that because someone had said <laughs> it to me and I was like just kept repeating I'm strong I'm fit I can do this and it is it's so crazy yeah how quickly your mindset shifts and I was able to actually run I was like oh my goodness I've never <laughs> run before this is awesome so oh, didn't know I was having an interview with a sprinter today. Oh, yeah, definitely (laughs) far from that. So, Laura, I would love to know what the future has in store for you. Ah, Look, what the future has in store for me. I love like health and wellness. So, I'd be obviously, hopefully working somewhere in there. Um, I've really enjoyed doing my film. So, definitely more acting. And then other than that, just being happy, I guess, you know, um, for me, like family, having a home, that sort of thing is really important. So I always do put a lot of energy into that. And so, yeah. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Thank <laughs> you so much for your time and no for being so open about your journey. I've really Thank enjoyed you. chatting to you. Thank you. And all the best with the baby. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Not long now. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.